Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And guess who's back? Back yeah, again. Pochas are back. No, I'm not a rapper. Mm. Um, but we're back. It's our fifth season. We took a little bit of a hiatus. It was a lot of bit of a hiatus. It was a lot of bit of a hiatus. Like people were checking in to see if we were, we both were still alive. alive. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, there was just so much going on. So we did need a little bit of a hiatus. We did. I also feel like I just had a lot going on and didn't have the emotional capacity to talk about things and stuff. No. It, yeah, it was a lot. But I'm glad that we're back. Mm. I'm so excited that we're starting season five. This is episodio 48. Yeah. We're almost in our 50s. I feel that. And literally, I'm almost in my 50s. Yeah, I feel that hard. <laughs> <laughs> there was a question I was having a conversation with someone recently and one of the questions was um would you rather have telekinesis or the ability to teleport right so telekinesis is moving objects with your mind teleporting getting from one space to another and my answer was I'm almost 50 I need help lifting things really? so I need telekinesis thank you oh I want to teleport oh interesting yeah. Why? Just to travel? Just the ability yeah. to be like, and I want to go to Japan today. Boom. Yeah. Where are you going for lunch? Italy. Yes. Wow. No, I'm like, oh, you know who doesn't need to be lifting things anymore? And I found, I'm finding this out the hard way that maybe, maybe I should be doing yoga or some stretchiness because mm. it's, it's not, it's not there. Apparently I lift a lot less things than you in this <laughs> life. <laughs> well i so being gone two months i also had a list of chores of course so um let's so let's take take a look at what we're going to be talking about today in our the start of our fifth season we're going to get ourselves a little bit caught up with one another with Mm -hmm. the show with where we're at all the things with listeners listeners need to know what's going on in our lives too they you know they keep a keen eye on us Mm -hmm. and then we're going to be talking a little bit about anti-trans uh the anti-trans wave that we've been seeing not just in 2023, it's been happening, but the wave has really gr- gotten mm-hmm. bigger. Um, and it, it, there's also anti-drag, and there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Arquea de Nuevo, all about Daddy Pedro Pascal. Yes. So that's what we're going to be looking at for this episodio. So let's get started. Let's get ourselves caught up. How are you doing, Charlene? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be quick. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So I think we've talked a little bit before about like, what is it? Your your 30th? Is it your 20th or your 30th that you have like a shift? Is it just every 30 you have like a... I don't... The Jesus year? The Jesus year. Mm -hmm. Like things shift. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't hit my second Jesus year, but this really was a shifty, shifty year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest shifts that happened for me, and I know how this is going to sound... But I had to buy a car Mm -hmm. and the car that I used to have was a gift from my dad. He had, he got cancer and he wasn't able to drive anymore for a variety of reasons. So my parents Mm -hmm. who were like, you know, we, we don't need two vehicles anymore. The insurance, all the things here have this car. And so I I held on to it for those many years. Mm. And that particular car, after it reached the 150th thousandth mile, I know it was a 1997 Mercury Grand Marquis. It was a cop car, all the things. And it only had 150,000 miles and it it started to have some issues. And I started to have so much severe anxiety that I had to be counseled by my partner. And as it turns out, I was harboring all of this grief around letting go of the car and it was causing emotional instability. I totally get how this sounds, but it manifested in some awful ways for me this year Mm -hmm. and I did have a conversation with mama cat and was like I think it's time to let go of the vehicle and she was like okay that sounds that sounds good so um, I did get a new vehicle and it's only the second time I've gone to a dealership in my life right and the first time that I had gone to the dealership all I had to do was sit there and sign the paperwork because my partner, Hani, is really good at negotiations. I am horrible at negotiations. I'm like, oh, you want to sell me this rinky-dinky thing for 50 grand? Okay, I guess it's worth it. And there I go. In this particular case, I had to put on my big girl chones 
Do it alone. And do it alone in a completely different city um, and and fi- just figure shit out on my own. I know, Kat, you're an adult. But it was a big, it was a huge step for me, Charlene. I did not anticipate this much emotion going into a transaction, which at the end of the day, it was just a transaction. Right. It was crazy. Right. Yeah. So that was a big change for me. It was a huge shift for me. And how me. do you feel now that you have a different car? The other one's gone. So the other one was be gifted to someone who needed it. But Kat, did you give a shitty car to someone? Their brother said that they were going to be able to help out with fixing it up. And it was worth the input on oh, yeah. on a vehicle. So, you know, I feel really good about someone who's, who's taking it over and, and is able to use it for mm-hmm. them and their children. Um, so I invested for the first time in my life in a truck. And so I feel like I had lost my lesbian card mm. several years ago with admitting to the world that I don't really care for Melissa Etheridge's music. Mm. I'm not that big of an Indigo Girls fan. I own exactly zero amounts of Crocs or Birkenstocks. Very little rainbows. V- very little rainbow anything paraphernalia anywhere Mm -hmm. i mean if you can't see it from me walking into the room (laughs) you might be a little you might need help so i think i got a little bit of my lesbian card back by getting a truck for sure and and i have plans with the truck like i really do want to take woodworking to the next level for myself that it's not just you know hey let's build some shelves for shoes for the boys no I'm, i'm really really wanting to be like you know if and when I retire, I'm going to need to do something that's not in the house and that, that keeps me really out of out of trouble and, and busy. Mm-hmm. I figure, so there's this thing that you can do with the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management. In forested areas, you can get a quarterly pass where you go and pick up fallen trees. So you are going to use your lesbian card in your truck to go collect wood? <laughs> yes. I think you just canceled all the shit back out. Did I just turn myself into a straight I, dude? What? I think so. Oh, well, I mean, at the end of the day, I've got this cutie pie little truck. And yeah, it feels different. I'm definitely up higher. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, yeah. I have to readjust how I'm driving because apparently I don't know how to park anymore. <laughs> so I look like a 16-year-old who just got their permit, essentially. Oh, Jesus. I know. Crazy. Well, good. And you... I haven't seen you in like five years. I know. It's been weird. Um, Yeah, weird transition stuff for me too. I think I had a family member pass uh, at the end of last year and then pretty recently found out I had to have, well, I'm going to have to have a a surgery that's going to put me out for several weeks and just dealing with the emotions of all that and not having it scheduled and like living in the anxiety of the waiting kind of shit um had me definitely in a funk too and I had to admit it to myself um long after my family was already knowing (laughs) that I was losing my shit so yeah just in a weird space too um but ready to not be in that weird space. How do you shift out of weird spaces? Damn, that's really hard. So I have been, I've been to a lot of therapy in my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like I have a really good toolbox of things. And sometimes the old tools work really well. And sometimes I have to readjust like, okay, we're, that's not serving me, but I need to do something different. Um I have this really super amazing coach, which I know coaching is not the same as therapy. Uh, And she's just been a total godsend and has helped me walk through some things and revisit the tools and talk about like, what do I need and where do I need to be? And, And that's been really super helpful. Also just being really open with my family about what is happening so that they don't have to guess because I'm really bad at that too. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to tell anybody because then I feel vulnerable and weak and all the things, but I'm just like, look, this is what's happening. This is how I feel. Um, and then just trusting loved ones with the information also has felt really good. Uh, cause I think I do have a tendency to just go inside and go inward and not do mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, and think that I'm hiding it really well, which I'm, I never am. Right. So Mm -hmm. this has felt good to just be open about it and talk about it. Um, 
and pushing myself to so understanding that I need to do something different if I don't want to feel the way I'm feeling every day so what do I do that's different and acknowledging that I'm not going to wake up and feel motivated it's not going to fucking happen. I'm just not. I'm not going to feel motivated to do something different. So I have I can't I can't be motivated, but I can be um stubborn and determined to do something different. So if I look at it from that perspective, I can wake up and say, "Okay, I'm going to work out today even if I go for a 20-minute walk. I'm going to get off my ass and I'm going to do something." Um, and I'm going to drink enough water today. Like just saying simple things like that, that I'm going to take control of how I physically feel at least instead of self-sabotaging, which we've talked about before. Right. Um, and drinking too much and eating too much and feeling like crap and being in a cycle of now I'm emotionally a train wreck and I physically don't feel well. So it all goes hand in hand and everything feels like a shit show this way. At least I'm like, okay, I did some good things today. And, and it does, it pulls me out of that cycle because I'm, I, I do think the endorphins and just making your body do something else is, is helpful. Um, so that's been helpful. I think again, leaning into my stubbornness (laughs) versus waiting to feel motivated. So it's super interesting that you say that because I know that we jokingly say like you're team, um, dramatica and I'm team awantate. And in some instances, I think we reverse. And oh. this is one of those. <laughs> yeah, totally did. Because you are like totally, how you deal with some of this emotional stuff that you've had for a while, like it's definitely signs of Tima Wantate. Like you're, you may not say it out loud, mm-hmm. but you definitely are like, I'm going to handle this. I'm going to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have this face on the outside. Mm-hmm. And it's so not team dramatica. And then... I came back home and fell apart <laughs> and was so team dramatica. I was like, I don't even, I was just literally telling my partner on day, like also I had COVID when I came back, which was not fun. Um, mm-hmm. So like day three of being back home, I was like, I don't even know where I fit in this family anymore. You all have moved on. And she pretty much a virtual, like she didn't actually smack me, but she was like, are you shitting me? Like it, it wasn't, it we just had to do our things, like go to school and get to work. Like you still fit in here. Snap out of it, you right, know? Right, So yeah. I had a total like team dramatica mm-hmm. moment of like insecurity and all of the things and the falling apart. And I'll, I'll blame that on COVID happily though. Yeah. And so during that time, um, we did not do a podcast. We did not do a podcast. <laughs> and I, And I slowed down on posting on social media a lot too because... I am not, uh, so I'm normally the one who posts the Mm -hmm. majority of things. Not that you don't help, you do, but I'm normally the one who posts the majority of things. And I I really try to post stuff that authentically shows who we are and what we're doing and just where we're at in our lives, whether it be walking in a garden or drinking a margarita or whatever, making tacos, I don't know, whatever it is, I try to just post what we're doing, what we're about. Um, I just... I really did just feel like I can't even, I can't even do that. Like it doesn't feel right to post this fucking highlight reel right now for people to think everything's all good when I know in my heart and my brain it's not good. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put that out there, which I probably could have posted that about like shit's not great right now, but I also, um, I didn't feel, I, I was not okay enough with my space uh my headspace to to make it public at that point mm-hmm. no that I get that I could have been like Kat is having a shitty time right now here's a picture <laughs> here's of a picture me of Kat with COVID out <laughs> I so I know you've had COVID a couple times this was the first time I'm getting it and Hani will tell you that I'm an absolute baby when when it comes to, yeah. to being ill um it really kicked my ass. And I know how lucky I am having had the vaccines. It mitigated most of the symptoms and sure. all the things. But it, I really, like, my taste, my sense of taste is dulled. And I know that's like a small thing. But now I have to put a whole bunch of X because I'm like, I don't know if this tastes good or not. T- to my own partner's cooking. And I'm like, I don't, I, I, mean, I guess it tastes good. I have no idea. 
and it it was just not not fun or cute. I think I think the 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 thing that got me awitada the most was I did literally have a list of things that I wanted to get done when I got home. Mm-hmm. And there was zero energy for it. I don't know if COVID was like that for you so much. And I feel like a total like team dramatica, even even admitting to that. But there were a couple people who were like, dude, it, it really wiped my mm-hmm. ass out too in terms of just energy level. If nothing else, the energy was like poo. Yeah, well, I think we've learned that from this particular virus that it can affect different people in such dramatically different ways. Like you have people testing positive who are like, I didn't even know I was sick. I took a test because my partner had it or because people at work had it or whatever. And then people who are hospitalized and like there's the extremes. So I think, you know, it's, it's another lesson for us to not be so judgmental of, of whatever and to understand that people experience things differently. Um, Which might be a good segue into our, next topic experiencing things differently yeah. uh in the queer community even within the queer community people experiencing things differently mm-hmm. so there has been a wave in the past years and just as a reminder you are listening to the pocha mm-hmm. podcast at that intersection of brown pride and assimilation and the other intersection that we have is our straightness our queerness um, our cisgenderedness and one of the things we have been seeing across the country is just over the past couple of years but it really has ramped up this year is some serious anti-trans legislation, anti-trans sentiment. Um, mm-hmm. And what gets lost in this picture is also in under the umbrella of queerness is the, the anti-drag show uh, mm-hmm. wave as well. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, trans is separate from drag, right? right? Like that, those are different aspects of the queer community. That often gets lost in the whole thing, and people who are not part of the community intermix and see them as one and the same, mm-hmm. all of the things. But it has gotten so terrible that even in Las Cruces, there was an, a, a transphobe who came to speak at, at New Mexico State University. And the one thing was that it was beautiful to see the students rally around. They had, a, um, they didn't call it a protest as much as an action to show love and community and togetherness. And that's what it was. Um, My partner and I went along with some other folks who I lovingly called a mom brigade. Basically it was like some, you know, like PFLAG parents, right? Like just making sure our whole thing was just make sure that the youth are safe while they're out there. Mm -hmm. So we didn't participate so much as we just kept eyeballs out. There was one mom who um, had like a, a little... Uh, Govija out on uh, outside of the student union and was there just like if somebody needs a safe space to have downtime and needs a hug or whatever like go see this mom and the rest of us were, were doing eyeballs but at least in New Mexico I can say that we are incredibly lucky enough to not have we've had some anti-trans bills but they they have died right. and they haven't even gotten hurt or, or even come close to being passed. Mm-hmm. And there are some states like Texas who for the past several years have been on a campaign to really marginalize trans youth, mm-hmm. vilify parents who mm-hmm. are getting care for their, their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and going as far as introducing like the first, one of the first steps was just, for trans youth who limiting the healthcare that they have access to. And then now this year, their next step is trying to ban access to healthcare altogether for people who are gender expansive and just seeking care that they need. Right. And they're not the only state. Um, As of 2023, and we're only scratching the fourth month, right? (laughs) But we have lots of legislative sessions happening. Lots of <laughs> right. people are doing in fifty their... states, right? Right, and of course, states can have more than one bill associated mm-hmm. with. So currently, uh, per the ACLU, the ACLU has been tracking these things for the since two thousand eighteen. I want to say um, there are four hundred and fifty-two anti-trans bills across the country. Of those, twenty-nine have been passed, so they are now law. In Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, North and South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, West Virginia, and Wyoming. We're only in the fourth month. Wow. 
77 have been defeated, one of which was in New Mexico. And by defeated, that one, like the one in the one lone bill, <clears throat> there were some other anti terrible things, but the one bill that was specific to quote unquote protecting sports. Right. Um, that didn't even, it wasn't defeated so much as it was never heard because they, <laughs> legislators were like, yeah, this is just so out, out of pocket. We're not even going to give it any sunshine. Um, and then 343 are still advancing in their state's processes. And so, so, and just to give an idea of what some of these bills are saying or asking, um, one of them is called productivity over pronouns. So it would prohibit federal funds from being used to promote gender neutral or gender inclusive language. So even making things not male specific as the default, but changing it to include anything female, we cannot use any kind of federal funds to even discuss that. We cannot even have that conversation. Um, lots of things around parental consent. What parents allow to happen with their children. As a parent of a child who is in elementary school, I can, and this is the the danger in some of these things, is on the surface level, it sounds like, oh, well, I want to be involved in my kid's life. I want to know what's happening with them at school. Of course I do. If somebody asked me that, don't you want to know what's happening to your kid at school? Like, of course I do. Then when you dig into the layers, you're like, whoa, but wait, this, what? Right? So this, like, Protect Kids Act, Parental Rights Over the Education and Care of Their Kids Act. So to require elementary and middle schools that get, again, federal funding, right? Because that's mm-hmm. where we're looking at uh, the, the line being drawn. Parental consent before a kid can ask for different pronouns, change their preferred name. Um, have different sex-based accommodations like a bathroom or a locker room or whatever, which makes me think about we didn't need parental consent to call the little homie in the class Nacho or like Beto or right. any of this other shit. Like, but now all of a sudden, oh, I need to know what they're calling me. You probably don't want to know what they're calling your kid in school. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I get like what are how are teachers referring to my kid? Um so again, this layer of, uh, well, I'll get into that. Uh, some of the other ones, protecting our kids from child abuse act. So calling in parents who are trying now, parents who are involved and trying to make sure that their children are being appreciated and acknowledged for who they are, um, being penalized, criminalized with felonies for child abuse so now we're calling it child abuse like even and and when we see this happen one of the tactics is of course to go to the extreme right we want to think of the most extreme well a kindergartner is going to have a transition surgery in the library without the parents knowing is that what you want using a butter knife and yeah and a signed copy of little women like okay (laughs) like (laughs) let's get it under control here that that is not what is happening um and one of the tactics is to go to the extreme. And some of these things, we're just talking about using a different pronoun. We're just talking about referring to someone in a way that is respectful to them. And like, since when was that a thing that we're not okay with? So bringing it back to reality, um, one of them, and this is this is interesting to me. One of them is establishing a women's bill of rights to reaffirm legal protections afforded to women under federal law. And this goes a little bit into the, when we start talking about the sports argument Mm -hmm, and some mm -hmm. of these other things. So then you start pitting people who have been intentionally marginalized forever against each other, against other more marginalized groups, because now we need to side up, right? It's time to claim your set and like go with your homies. So now it's like, well, you're being ignored as a woman if you are supporting these other pieces. How can you? Women don't even have equal rights. How are you going to let trans people have rights before you do as a female? What? I find it ironic that they're trying to, in the guise of trying to protect women and yet we those same states i'm sure i am like 99.9 percent sure that they have an anti-abortion law in the books Mm -hmm. 
Right. And, but you're trying to protect women? Like, that just seems nonsensical. The ironies start coming out and the and the root causes of where is this coming from? And then, and I do, I do think there are some fair comparisons. And then we get into the comparing apples to oranges tactic too, which is like, we start talking about, well, let's start talking about gun violence and how many bills do you have that are for gun control, but you're over here anti-trans, like, and sometimes that falls flat because you stop talking about the thing, you stop talking about the root cause and where this is coming from because you're jumping to the hypocrisy of it all, which is very real. And and it's okay to just talk about this thing and how it's not okay. We can We can just focus on how it is not okay to vilify parents who are, like, I can't imagine, okay, so being a parent is really hard. We know this yes. as parents. The other night, for example, I was having this whole breakdown about, I don't, and I don't know why, a whole breakdown about, does she read enough? Is she, like, is she even going to go to college? Does she have a high enough vocabulary? Like, what are we doing? Are we doing the right thing? All of it. The next morning, she comes in, and I realize that she has cut her own hair. <laughs> <laughs> At school, with plastic scissors. And I am now suddenly thrown back into reality about what i'm worried about and and fucking the use of fiskers to cut (laughs) her own hair at school so parenting is hard i don't even know what to do with my very much for the most part typically developing child and it must be terrifying for these parents who are thrown into being so scared for their children because this world is not kind to them and then you know it so how do you how do you protect them how do you help them how do you nurture this when so much of it is outside of your control the minute they walk out your damn door and even and even if they don't because tv and the media and the news and social media and all of it is so in their face about who they should be and what they should think and how they should be in the world. It must be terrifying. And to criminalize these pe- these parents who are going through so much just feels an extra level of cruel. Not to mention what we're doing to the, the kids themselves. Because, so first off, yes, parenting is hard. Two, um, for some of these parents, and I know this because uh, I've been, you know, talking to some folks who uh, travel regularly to Florida from their home and they have a, a, a child who is gender expansive. And I, I, I asked, like, are you going to continue to have a vacation in Florida given some of the legislation that they have passed there? Because even if you are not a resident, you can still, one of the bills that they have, and I can't remember honestly if, if it became law or if it's just still in the process, but one of the bills that they they were looking at was um, removing a child from the parent's uh, custody mm-hmm. if they see that they are getting gender-affirming care, whether it's just a haircut to mm-hmm. to match or clothing to match or whatever it is, and you don't have to be a resident. So that means that if you go on vacation there, that wow. could still be. A... So in having this conversation, they were like, we're not going there anymore mm-hmm. because we don't know what will happen. Fear. Again, just fear. And it's such a deep mar- marginalization. And going back to, to pitting, it really is like pitting like a, a oppression Olympics. Yep. Because we know that there are community like BIPOC individuals are not treated equally women are not treated cisgendered women are not treated equally trans uh, and gender expansive people are not treated equally and when you when you do these things of protecting women and protecting Mm -hmm. this and that and stoking these flames based on not just even you're choosing the the worst possible scenario you're choosing a scenario that's a lie because Mm -hmm. nothing is happening to uh uh uh, a kindergartner it's straight up lies you're creating that animosity and you're creating a situation where you know if someone is not 
if, if it's not impacting their lives directly and they are not, uh, they're only getting the top line, they are going to believe the, the bullshittery and the tomfoolery that's being said. And they are going to fall into this trap of oppression Olympics and I'm protecting my child. And of course we want to protect women because we're never protected kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're falling into that trap and joining this bandwagon based on fear and animosity. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, the end result that they want is violence. I, I think that right. I, can, I can say that as a generalization without being incorrect, stoking these flames of violence against a community and it's going to spread. It's not just, it's not like it's going to stop. Obviously it's not stopping at trans. If you're having anti-drag show bills, which Mm -hmm. I know I'm not going to conflate the issues, but that is out there where those laws are so vague that me as a cisgendered woman predominantly wearing male clothing because that's what I feel most comfortable in can be mm-hmm. considered violating a law in another state if I go visit because of that. I And I I think you're right. I think on, at its worst, violence. But I, ev- I think at its best is even just wasted energy. So now I can't even advocate or do what I need to do to make life a little bit better for the communities that I'm advocating for because... I'm being told I'm not doing a good enough job or I'm not like there's all these other places that I should be spread. So one thing that I have been seeing or hearing a trend uh, with this pitting against one another is now people feeling like I can't even advocate for women's rights because then the trans people come and say that I'm not advocating for them too. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, if you... If you are advocating for a group that has not had equity in so many things and someone else is coming to you with the Olympics, we like sometimes the movement is at fault because we we don't have a same voice. We don't have a shared it's a scarcity mindset. Yes. Because yes. you can't succeed if I'm not succeeding because it's a pie. And if you get a bigger piece, then I can't have some too. And we are not looking it, at it in the win-win. How do we all win? How can we all win? How can my fight be part of your fight? And how can we stand up there together? Because we're being pitted against one another. And it gets hard. It feels scary to even like, am I going to say the wrong thing? Even well-intentioned people are like, am I going to screw up? I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to say anything because I don't want to say the wrong thing. So we can also And also, also I'm tired. And I'm fucking tired. Jesus. There's, yeah, there's so many things going on in this, in this current time frame where we're really div- divided and things are so divisive that I, I just don't have the mental energy. Man, I was team dramatica over some small shit, you know, in the grand right. scheme of things. Like, how do I pick myself up to, to, to continue to advocate and be, a, be the best ally I can possibly be? And sometimes, in some cases, if my energy is just so low, the best ally I can possibly be is to no. step out that day and just yep. be like, you know, not today. Yep. Let me pick this up maybe next week when I've got my shit together. And sometimes I think it is okay to, to not charge in the door at a hundred percent. And I need to sit with this for a minute and figure out my own, like, how do I feel about this? And who are the people in my life that I can talk to about what is the thing I say? How can I advocate for this specific thing? And, and what about these arguments that are coming at me? Like, how do I feel okay with what I'm thinking? Cause it, we don't all just know all the things all the time. We don't. And sometimes allies can be an impedance as opposed to a help because allies can fall into the trap of you're getting stoked up on the other side and you want to protect, protect, protect mm-hmm. that now you're an asshole instigating. Right. And, and I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. I've had to check myself before too to be like, why am I making snide remarks? That's not helpful for right. the community that I'm trying to be an ally for. Right. Yeah. The movement. We can do better. We can do better for each other and for ourselves. And and going back to, you know, I don't I don't discount that you're talking about being dramatica over the transaction of a new car. And I wonder, as a queer person who presents not femme, how many layers were chipped at real shit in your life that made 
like the needle and like the the feather that you know toppled the tower how many how many times was was the real shit being chipped at before it was the car that the straw that broke the camel's back maybe that's the fucking analogy i was looking for wow i went through a lot of things before i got to that you one. did also how much do i owe you for counseling because the, I didn't, <laughs> like honestly i didn't even think about that that it wasn't just the car and it wasn't just grieving the loss of my dad it was also there was a lot of things that i heard this year mm-hmm. that um some of them you know you could put in your pocket and stuff away and just not think about but subconsciously you've got this weighing heavy and the feather toppled the Eiffel Tower. Is that the analogy you were going at? I don't. I made up a lot of <laughs> shit on the way there. I was just talking. Yeah. We were going with feathers and then having a pillow mm-hmm. fight. So <laughs> isn't that what lesbians do? <laughs> you've been you've been peeking in our windows. I know. Damn it. But um, circling back to um, the anti-trans person who came to speak over at the university over mm-hmm. here, one of the things aside from seeing a couple you know a couple different things right there's definite fear in the eyes of the youth because that that is very real that they live on campus some of the people who went to go see this person speak are students that they could have in their classrooms that they could see Mm -hmm. and if you're out there being visible and having an action against this um speaker you know another student can see you and target you and all the things So seeing a couple different things. One is their very real emotional roller coaster of, yes, we're in community and I feel the love and this is great to be among community. Also, I have to get to my dorm safely. Right. Right. After this is done. Mm -hmm. Um, But to see some of the community members who went to go see him Mm. and um, just having a very real moment of like, you know, you still see some of these folks or have Mm -hmm. to have business transactions with some of these folks. And how do you deal with that? How do you, do you spend your money there? Um, do you, if you have to see them in the capacity of your job? I was going to say, when there's a power dynamic, even for these students who, what if your professor was there? Yeah. And you have to go be in that class. Or, or you've been in that class and have felt a certain way, and now it feels like confirmation. Uh, right, exactly. And how do you deal with all of those emotions mm-hmm. on top of, you know, you're a youth trying to figure your way through the things. Well, shit, I'm still an adult trying to figure my way through things. <laughs> yes. Just how how they have to move through this world mm-hmm. on top of all of the other things that they're feeling in a city the size of a dime. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what does that even mean for them? And as a parent, all I want to do is just wrap them up and be like, no one's going to touch you. No yep. one's going to say any bad things. Right. And then it happened, right? Like someone did because it's inevitable. It's, someone right? did. And you have to be that shield for the community and just stand there and take that person's poop that's spilling out of their mouth and be like, and they still have to see you in the community because literally our community is the size of a dime and you probably will see them in the grocery aisle and you know, all of, all of that. It, it was, it was a very interesting dynamic. It was hard in some cases to see some things and, but it was also at the end of the day, very loving to see the community and the youth come together. This was their event that they wanted. And, and a lot mm-hmm. of us allies came in and were like, and we're just going to be here to make sure you're safe as safe as you can possibly be right. Without having law enforcement have to get involved because that can sometimes be triggering and all the things. Um, so with all of the layers of all of the things, it was still just beautiful to see the youth come together. And I can't call them youth. They're like, they're like in their 20s. Right. They're young adults, but, right? I and mean, I think it's interesting that you use the term shield because when we think about a shield, we think about, you know, it's going to block some of the things, but it doesn't completely hide a person. It doesn't completely encase a person in safety. Um, and And really, maybe it's not so much keeping the bad shit from getting through to folks, but that folks are able to see that someone's willing to stand in between and that it's not all for shit. Like there are good people and, and maybe this isn't my day to go be a shield, but maybe another day I can go be a shield for somebody else. And if enough of us do that, then, then maybe some things will be okay. Yes. And, and honestly, like our state gives me a lot of, a lot of hope. Agreed. There was there were some great things that did happen in our state, and um, I'm hoping that we are a beacon of light for. I I know how fucking cheesy that sounds, Charlene. I really really do. But 
I do think that people will be drawn to the the way that we do things and the values that we have in our state. Um, yes, there are some folks in here. There's always going to be. Mm-hmm. But I think by and large, in New Mexico, we we care. And we wouldn't let that happen. I, again, I get it. There is a very realness that violence does happen, even in pockets. Even, in, But I'm, I'm really hoping that if nothing else, some of the things that happened this year are really a, a shining light of like, what is possible? Uh, uh, another shield, right? Not a physical one, but a, a statement that you are protected. You are shielded. We're not going to let this happen to you. And I do not think it is by accident that we are one of two majority minority states and that this type of legislation and action is happening in our state. It's not an accident. No, no. Very true. Very true. <sighs> oh, my. Now, if only some of the other states could follow the lead and do the right thing. I won't hold out hope for some other states, but <laughs> I mean, in particular, some neighbors to the left and the right of us. But it's a lot. All right. So let's take a breather and we'll talk about our guy de nuevo because he is taking the social medias by storm and I'm all about it. I love it so much. And I stumbled on it. I had stayed away from TikTok for a while, mainly because I just didn't have the time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, COVID, you have a lot of time to do a <laughs> lot of nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I did some scrolling on TikTok and what kept coming up on my feed, not intentionally, <laughs> was our very, one of the top sexy folks, like, I can't even remember what magazine it was that mm. he was voted one of the top sexy dudes ever. Jose Pedro Balmaceda Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Amazing. He is, like, I know I said at the top of the, of the episodio that, like, even lesbians, because it's true. Like, <laughs> I see him and I'm like... There is some sex appeal to this man. And you know what it is, Charlene? What for do me? you think it is? Because I want to have this conversation. I think it's his goofiness. Mm. Like, he is so genuinely just a goofy human being that can mm-hmm. laugh at himself. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's like everything. If you can be goofy with yourself and laugh at yourself, that to me is sex appeal. I, so he, I have a list. Ooh, of, oh, of, damn. Of some of the markers that I think make him endearing. Okay. I, I he, He's just an endearing-ass dude. Like, So he's Chilean. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 48. So he's not this 20-something chiseled whatever, right? So he's unassuming mm-hmm. in ways. He uh, He's an LGBTQ advocate. He has a transgender sister who he is very open about supporting. So I think also like, oh, okay, this dude has some depth to him, right? Like he's got some shit in his, in his life that's real, that's like happening for mm-hmm. him. Um, his mom died by suicide uh, when he was just 24. And that's when he actually took her last name of Pascal, her maiden name, mm. uh, changed his name. So again, just to the, like, he's had a life, like a real life. He's not just popping out of, you know, he's not a Kardashian or anything like that. Um, he has an adorable accent. Mm-hmm. That's the thing for me as well. Um, and I think just some of the characters that he plays, characters that he plays are, are just these nurturing zaddy types. Like <laughs> You said zaddy. <laughs> he's taking care of Grogu. I mean, and in the most non-cutesy way, right? We barely see his face in The Mandalorian. He's got this monotone voice, but he's taking care of this little creature, like part obligation, part because he's in love with him. And it's just this like, oh my God, it's cute. So those make the list for me. Okay. His, so his, you were talking about the the types of care, or at least I think I heard the the breadth of work that he kind of does. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, he's just not put into one kind of box right so he's Fair. also played mm-hmm. um javier peña narcos mm-hmm. which admittedly i have not seen yet it is you know on the to-do list okay mm-hmm. uh he was in game of thrones mm-hmm. which that show for as violent mm-hmm. as it is has a lot of sex appeal for me so when i watch it mm-hmm. um and of course yeah and you did mention 
He was he's in the Mandalorian. He was also in Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. I cannot for the life of me remember who the fuck he was in Wonder Woman 1984. Oh. Mainly because I was looking at Gal Gadot the whole time. I mean, fair. I mean, who wasn't? Who wasn't? Right. And those boots that she was wearing because yes. Um so he 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 can run the gamut of of things that he can he can play, and that's just like scratching the surface. Like he's been in a lot of other things. Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? Law and I Order, th- yeah, and Law and Order SVU, like all the things. Yeah. like he's been in yeah. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not realize he was forty eight. I I pegged him at like late thirties, early forties. So he yeah. is looking some fine for right. himself. But he does not. The thing, really, the thing that does it for me, is he does not take himself seriously. Mm-hmm. When he is, um, like, one of the TikToks that I saw was him doing a lie detector test. Oh, God. And <laughs> watching him answer, like, do you do you search for yourself on Twitter? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, apparently, he is the most searched celebrity on the interwebs right now, according to... So, IMDb has a top star meter. Mm-hmm. He's the top star. Shut up. How come we're not on there? Okay. Everyone, search Botra Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that is your call to action today. Um, yeah. No, I, but also, like, let's be real. He's also good looking. He's lovely. He's And he, it's not like, like you said, not chiseled. It's not a chiseled no. look. But one thing that I did see in the, in the variety of clips of not just... Um, not just the social media he's been on and the different interviews and stuff, but the people that he has played, he can kind of very easily slip into different types, not just like a serious versus kind of a funny, but the look-wise, he Mm. can slip into a variety of looks, like from grungy to Mm -hmm. like strikingly handsome, you know, and... And things in between. Like a Mandalorian? Like a Mandalorian. And <laughs> if you can fit those things and and just m- make yourself wedge into that look, like, that is awesome. Like, you can, you mm-hmm. can role play with that. 100%. I think, I think that's what they call acting. I'm not sure. Wah, wah. <laughs> also, people are obsessed <laughs> with The Last of Us. This is not a show that I'm watching or that I know anything about, but people are obsessed with the show, and he's also on that right mm-hmm, now. So he's mm-hmm. got The Last of Us and Mandalorian who are, like, blowing up right now. Right. So people are, for very good reasons, obsessed. I'm a little obsessed, too. And he's, like, the meme god right now. Yes. Meme god. Yes. And it's hilarious to me. Also, I love that... I mean, he's Chilean. Like, this is not... I I love the the unassuming. I love the goofy, zaddy thing he's got going on. I do. I love it. (laughs) I love it. The clips of him dancing, though. Oh, my God. (laughs) So good. It's so... It just feels wholesome and good. Right? That's what we need in this moment. It really is. And it's a balance. And we're talking, so we are juxtapositioning right now. Yes. The zaddy. Mm -hmm. The dilf. Yes. And wholesome. All in one package. Like, and the goofiness. He is. He is like the move over like George Clooney. We've got a Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Brad Pitt. Nah. Bye. I'm just saying. And, you know, he is handsome. Like, if I was straight, I'd be like, hey, hey, sir, come to Las Cruces. I would, I would say. Is that what straight women say? I don't even know. Hey, hey, sir. I, no. <laughs> uh, I would call him adorable mm-hmm. over handsome, probably. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Dad next door vibes. The, the Dilf, yeah? Yeah. Ah. Adorable. Uh-huh. And he is unmarried, right? I think so. Not necessarily single. He could be. Oh, he could have true. a side dish. I don't know. Sure. He he could be hiding his private life pretty well. Which good for him. Yeah. Not sure if he has kids. I haven't gone down that rabbit hole to don't, see if he's got a couple, you know, it. strays out there. Don't ruin it. Or ruin it. I don't know. Whatever. No. But like, he is a catch, mm-hmm. and he is so fu- he's so okay with his sexuality. Mm-hmm. that there was one of the one of the TikToks was a male journalist at a red carpet event mm. 
mm-hmm. who was asking if he would marry him because there's a lady across the way with a sign that was like, Pedro, will you marry me? And he didn't, he wasn't like mad or anything about it at all. He was like, hold on a second. My wife is calling. I'll be right back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just, he again, just goes with it. He doesn't take himself seriously. No. He's there for a good time. And you know what? That's adorable. And one of his best friends is a lesbian. Like, damn. Is it you? I wish. Damn you know, it. dear Pedro, if you need a BFF in New Mexico, Come on over to Cruces. We'll we'll go take a taco tour, no pun intended, of some great tacos and gorditas yes. in the in the area. We'll do the stuff and things. I we'll love hang it. out. You know, we're ready. We're ready for this. I'm 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 ready to meet him if he ever wants to to come <laughs> over for the Las Cruces Film Festival, happening shortly I'm, in April. I'm sure we'll be getting an email. Any second now. Any actually, let me check the email. <laughs> Refresh. <laughs> Ah, Charlene, it feels so good to be back. Damn. I know. Finally, the fans get what they've been wanting. Mm -hmm. Two of them who've been asking. (laughs) They were asking if we're okay. (laughs) Do you still have a pulse? Is everything okay? What's happening, Pochas? I know. Well, we just disappeared. And uh, apologies if you were worried about us. We're fine. We were We're, just living. Yeah. We just needed a second to get our relative shit together. We needed to swap teams for a second. I should have gotten your jersey and I could have given you mine. Yeah. I think we were living in someone else's skin for a minute. Oh, yeah. I didn't like it. Not comfortable. They needed lotion. I'm so much better at being dramatic. (sighs) I'm so much better at being team. I want that to just hold it in. Like yeah. a good fart. Wow. That's right. painful. It can be, so walk outside. Okay. One day. That'll be a whole weedy weedy. No. <laughs> Whew. Charlene, I'm so happy that we're back. Me too. Uh, Season five. Here season we are. five, episodio 48. We know we missed a little bit of March, but we are back. And yes, so what we do, if this is new to you and you're, you're being brand new because you wanted to get uh, some lowdown on Pedro and anti-trans stuff, um, we have our episodios on the 15th every month, and then we do what we call the Weedy Weedies, like chewing the fat, just having a conversation at the end of the month on the 30th. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for Weedy Weedy that's coming up April 30th. <sighs> Between now and then... I'm still Kat. I'm still Charlene. And this is still the Pocha Podcast at that intersection of brown pride and assimilation. And we will catch you on the flip side.